All right, Rabotai. That time of the day, we learned Ma'amar Ge'ulah, L'Refu'ah Shilema, L'Hayah Alegra Bat Gamila, and Yosef Haim Ben Roza, Erna Refalalahem, Refu'at Nefesh, Refu'at Ruf, Ufu'atam Kerba, Laba Vechen Yerasom, Ramar, Amen. We're in a very, very, uh, we're in a very deep sefer. Rabbi Moshe Haim Lutzato is telling us the two phases of the Ge'ulah. I'd like to make a point that we've been repeating over and over. I'd like to crystallize it a drop. The first phase is the Mashiach ben Yosef. The second phase is Mashiach ben David. The way that Amhal refers to it is the first phase is uh, the Pekida, Pakod Yifkod, and then the second phase is the Zechira, which is the Mashiach ben David. Now, obviously, Mashiach ben David is the ultimate. That's the, that's the goal. That's the Takhlid. But there's a process that gets us to Mashiach ben David. It's got to go through Mashiach ben Yosef. And uh, the interesting point is that the Rav Shita is that the Hachana for Mashiach ben David comes through Mashiach ben Yosef, Mabi, Mabi, Mashiach ben Yosef. And in, the, in, the, um, in that process of Mabi, of Mashiach ben Yosef, it's a process of Gilui Chochmah. So we said that there's a certain uh, or that comes from the Sefirah called Chochmah, or the Partsuf called the Chochmah, Abba, and that light comes down and it shines a great ore onto the Malchut. And as a result, great Chokhmah starts to come into the world. That's really the Behinab Mashiach bin Yosef, Chokhmah, a light, a light of, of ore. And uh, if you think about it, in that sense, we understand that Mashiach bin Yosef is not necessarily uh, one person. Mashiach bin Yosef is a a process of people that come at specific times and are in the development of this chokhmah. Primarily it's the chokhmah of the Kabbalah. And already Orachim HaKadosh said that in the year 5500, that's already when the Giluy of Mashiach bin Yosef is going to start. And that's why the Orachim HaKadosh, Rabbi Moshe Haim Lutzato, <coughs> the Gaon Mivilna, the Arizal of course, these were all different behinot of Mashiach bin Yosef. You know, the Arizal himself is responsible for the revelation of the Kabbalah. Until the Arizal, the Kabbalah was not understood by many in the way that he opened it up. That's 500 years ago. So that's already behinot Mashiach bin Yosef. And uh, he believed that he was that nitzotz. Uh, he actually told his students, pray for me that I don't die. Because that's what we're going to learn soon, that that's one of the... Uh, possibilities of Mashiach ben Yosef that he dies but eventually the Arizal would die but he was very very critical you'll see in some of the Sefarim that they refer to Rabbeinu Ari as Mashiach ben Yosef because he was part of that process of the Gilui of the of the Chokhmah uh, but again it's a long process it probably started from the times of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai that when he went into the Me'ara and when he went into the cave and over there he started to develop you know, all the, uh, all, all, all the Zorah Kadosh. That's also part of it. Rabbi Akiva, his rabbi. So one has to understand that uh, there's no coincidence why in our generation, let's say, there's a big uh, surge of the study of Sodota Torah. Because as we get closer and closer, that light of the Chokhmah that comes down in the Pekida stage is just going to get stronger and stronger, and it's just going to start to reveal more of the secrets, 
you know, as the Chokhmah uh, brings out the Malchut, more of the secrets of the Torah is going to be revealed. So that is important. Now, the Mashiach ben Yosef, uh, David process is where you see it above ground, where you're going to see the physical changes in the world. Uh, so we might say it like this, Mashiach ben Yosef is bepinimiyut, and Mashiach ben David is bechitzoniyut. Uh, Mashiach ben Yosef is underground. That's where all the, you know, the chokhmah is being developed, and, you know, be Shimon ben Yosef in a cave, you know, he's, he's done. And it, interesting to point out that all these times when the chokhmah was being developed was in Galut. It's part of the Galut that the Sochmah has developed. Bishwam was in exile for 13 years in a cave during the Romans. Uh, you have Rabbeinu, uh, 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 the Ramban, let's say. The Ramban also uh, understood that because he made his way to Eretz Israel a thousand years ago. He believed that the Mashiach bin Yosef doesn't start at the 5,500 year. It starts at 5,000. So he started to make a pilgrimage to Eretz Yisrael at that time. They all were involved in doing things because they felt that the Zman was uh, uh, auspicious in order to, you know, to, to, to bring on this uh, Geulah. But these are all Bechinot of, we call them Mashiachin. Not one Mashiach bin Yosef. Many Mashiachin that are producing the, 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 the result of the Pekidah, of bringing the Chokhmah of the, of the Sodot Torah uh, into the world. Uh, of course, after the, the Benu Ali, you have the Rashash, and all the Baal Shem Tov, etc., and all those later, the uh, Mekubalim as well, that are also part of that part of that process. Now, if you remember on Thursday, Shi'ud, that I went into a very, uh, you know, uh, beautiful mashal, I'll call it, because it is, it is a mashal, and he started talking about the, the, the seasons and the rain, and he went into all that, and he told us about Basically, there's two seasons that are extreme. The extreme cold and the extreme hot. And he says those are the times of judgment. Uh, that would be during the year, let's say, the months of Hishvan, Keslev, Tevet. Tevet would be the dead of the winter. That would be Midat Tadin. That's the freeze of the world. And then you have, in the summer months, the months of Tammuz and Av. Those are the, you know, the hot months of the year. So those represent the, the times of the judgment. But then he said an amazing hadush to us, that even during those times, Borei Olam doesn't want to leave it to complete judgment, because then the world will be destroyed. So he sweetens the judgment through what, he brings rain. That was mashal, the rain comes down. Now, it's a mashal to, to the mashihim, but it's true in what he's saying, his mashal is true also. That, uh, you know, if you have a hot uh, summer day, all of a sudden, you see the wind starts to blow, and it cools off, and all of a sudden, boom, the rain comes, and the temperature drops, and the world is cooled off a little. So that, in, in, on earth, we feel a little, uh, you know, relief. But in Shamayim, that's a, a time of mercy. Or the way he calls it, mitukadinim. It's a sweetening of the judgments. The same thing happens in the winter. He said, in the winter, in the freezing cold, the snow, and all of a sudden you get a rain, so I guess the rain is better than snow, so therefore it lightens up the, uh, the judgments as well. So the rain serves as a uh, mitukadinim. And then he said that the months that are the most prone for Geulah are the months that are right at the equinox, the month of Tishri and the month of Nisan. Those are the months that, the month of Tishri is after the hot summer, and it's before the cold winter. So it's right in the middle. 
you have the best weather in the month of Tishri. That would be like September. And then you have, uh, in the spring, you have April, or Nisan. That's after the cold winter, and right before the heat you know, of the summer, you have the spring, which is Nisan. So those are the, the months of Revaya, he said. Those are the, the comfortable months. And they're comfortable on earth. That means in Shamayim, it's merciful time. That means you can, you can tell the mood in heaven from what's happening on earth. It's, it's, it's not, it's not uh, they don't work against each other, they actually work in tandem. Because the mood in heaven is mercy, that's why on earth, let's say in the months of Nisan, like we learned on Thursday, Shi'ud, the world is rejuvenating itself, it's regenerating itself. <clears throat> All of a sudden you start to see <clears throat> the, the great thaw of the winter start to dissipate. And there's like uh, what we would say, Tehiyatamitim. You know, the, the earth is starting to, uh, you know, put forth its fruits again. The trees are starting to put its leaves back on, and the trees are putting its fruits, and it's uh, budding, etc. And the world starts to look uh, alive again. You know, going from a, a frost, to all of a sudden you have uh, life. And that comes from the rain that was in the ground during the, the time of Midatadin. So really, all the work was done, and I think this is what he's going to say, all the work was done during Midat Adin. That's when the rain was going in the ground and doing all the work. And then the result of that comes in Nisan. You know, after the rain. Like the Pasuk said, uh, And the Rav said, you know, the winter is over. He didn't say, He said, The rain has passed temporarily. And now... Uh, he's going to give us the uh, mashal of what this means in regards to Mashiach. Now again, he's, he's not coming to give us the weather. Obviously, this is a mashal to the process of how the Mashiach is going to uh, is going to appear. So he says, mm-hmm. That until this point of the Zechirah, the Shekhinah was in Galut. Now the time of the Zechirah is the time of the Ta'anug. Shekhevar, terehi et yofya, vet hadara, vet rov, todotehem, anehabim, vaneimim. Now you're going to see like the spring. Everything is just going to start to, to grow. Ve'az yitayel ha-melech begano, besimcha gedola. The king, this God, is going to walk in his garden, with great, uh, with great glory, with great happiness. The panasa was given to the earth during the winter months. It got its panasa. Everything already was done during this man of the pekidah. Now it's the time for the king to take the walk in the eternal garden. Once the Zechirah comes, the king will never leave the garden again. Now, but you have to remember, uh, that Ramhal was learning this with a Magid. So over here he gets very flowery all of a sudden. He gets, he's like he's writing his own Shira Shirim over here. It's a, he starts to talk about, now these are revelations that he was having when he was learning with the Magid, so he's trying to put those feelings in a, so it looks like it's very, very poetic. We have, we have to cut through the you know the, the, the poetic words what he's, and get the point what he's trying to tell us here. 
he's trying to tell us is that after the pikidah, now it's going to produce all that stuff that was underground during the pikidah is going to be seen above ground. That would be a good mashal. Mashiach ben Yosef is underground. That's the orot going underneath the ground, dealing with the neshamot of the tzaddikim and bringing the neshamot out. That's one of the jobs of the pikidah to bring the neshama of Rabbi Akiva out, because the kilipot had the neshama of Rabbi Akiva. So in the zman of the pikida, Rabbi Akiva's neshama is pulled out of the kilipot. You have to remember, he came from Mishpahat Gerim, Rabbi Akiva. So these neshama have tremendous awe, and they're going to reveal the delight of the, of the Torah. So in the time of the pikida, these neshama are being plucked out, one by one, to be made balanes, and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, and all the great tzaddikim, that have the, they have their great revelations. You know, the, the Benu Ari said, when Yaakov Aminu was born, it says that he was holding on to the heel of Esav. And um, the, uh, Arizal says that, you know, Otiyot Akev, or Otiyot Yaakov is Otiyot Akiva. You know, so therefore you have over here uh, uh, in Inyan that... Uh, uh, he was holding on to the Akev because Esav was holding on to the Neshama of Rabbi Akiva. So Yaakov you know, had to pull it out. So there is an Inyan that there's certain great Neshamot that are in captivity. And at the time of the Pekidah, which might be, for, by the way, for 2,000 years, the Gemara says that the Zman of Mashiach is a 2,000 year process. That's the last 2,000 years of creation. So therefore, in those years, that's when these great Tanaim started to come out. So I, I want to make that clear. When we were young, we always thought Mashiach ben Yosef is one person, and he comes, and uh, he's the precursor to Mashiach ben David, who's another person, and that's the process. But now the way the Mahan sets it up, it sounds like it's, it's not one person, Mashiach ben Yosef. It's a, it's a movement called the Mashiach ben Yosef movement. And everyone has their helik in developing that chokhmah that's coming down during the time and it's still coming down in our time as well and as we get closer it's going to become more revealed and more neshamot are going to come out it's, the, the strange part over here is to me is that Mashiach ben David which is a much higher level obviously but he's, he's going to we're going to see the physical results of it you would think that Mashiach ben David would be involved in the spiritual side of it but it's actually the Mashiach ben Yosef that's involved in the spiritual side of it. And as a result, it brings the result where you see the manifestation on the physical side of it from Mashiach ben, <coughs> ben David. But obviously we're going to have to show why Mashiach ben David is much higher. But all the, all the legwork underground, bringing the Neshamot out and making the Tikunim, that's the rain, the rain that's going underneath the ground during the times of the Galut, during the winter times, which is the time of the judgment, but that rain is fertilizing underneath the ground, preparing the ground so when the the, the, the spring comes, uh, it flourishes, you know, and, 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 and there's going to be there's going to be or. Anyway, in the in the flowery language, no pun intended, Abdurabi says, Who's gonna be able to to to, to uh, verbalize the great simha that's gonna happen at that time? Uh, uh, everybody's going to be enjoying the great uh, basking in that light now, now he knows what he's talking about he's getting excited about this he's talking about the Simchan it's not going to end and there's a Ziv and there's an Or to us it's very very esoteric these concepts but when he's hearing this from the Magid 
his pen is 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 flowing and writing these uh, you know terms of endearment of him and as Gush Baruch what's going to be at the time of the Mashiach. Which means at that point all the sefirot are going to be configured correct and they're never going to separate anymore. The water is not going to stop flowing. That's the Maim of Chesed. After the, the, the famine is over, which is the Galut, and then you start the years of plenty, the water is not going to stop. And now he continues the Pasuk in Shirim. Nitzanim is the, that's right after that Pasuk. Uh, the rainy season is over. The nitzanim is like the budding, the blossoms. They start to come out of the ground. And they're going to start to produce fruit. And the main thing that's going to come out of this is the is the Mishihim. The Mishihim, which means Mashiach ben Yosef, and ultimately Mashiach ben David. And the connection between the Tiferet and the Malchut and Kunchabirichu Shkinte is going to be a strong connection. What does it mean? The time of Zamir. To sing. The time of the time to sing. What does that mean? The Shekhinah is going to sing to its, uh, to its husband. It's going to be. It's almost uh, the Shekhinah serenading Ba'ala. Uh, the Tor is a bird. And the voice of the bird, which is the Shekhinah, it's interesting. The students of the Gaon de Vilna, they wrote um, also a book like Ma'amara Geula, but the Fishita Gaon. And the name of that book is Kola Tor. I recommend it for our members if you can get a hold of it. Very, very deep book. It's written by uh, Harav... Uh, 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 I forget the first name. Mushkinov. That's a student of the of, of the Gaon uh, Vilna. Very, very, very deep book. Doesn't agree exactly on the process like that Amhal does. But again, he goes through step by step. And he called it Kolator. It's interesting that both uh, develop the Geulah from Shir Hashinim. Shira uh, Shirim is really the uh, a, a very, very uh, uh, appropriate. It's called Kodesh Kodashim. Uh, you cannot take the words of Shira Shirim literally. It's a love song. But ultimately, that love song is between the Shekhinah yearning to come back and God yearning to uh, bring the Shekhinah out of its galut and to lift Klai Yisrael out, uh, out of its troubles. Uh, it's interesting that according to the Ramhal, first there is Geulat uh, and then you're going to have the Geulah of Bnei Israel moving to Eretz Israel and doing all that stuff. But first the Neshamot that are Ashukot need to uh, come out of the uh, captivity, and that's happening when the chokmah, like we learned, sends out that or, then the neshamot are able to be released, and they start to come in the world, and uh, in every generation, 
from the times of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai all the way to we said like the year 5500 and then they started to come out a lot of these Nishamot revealing the secrets of the Torah and even in our day as well uh, we have great great Sadiqim that are starting to explain us these Sefarim and give us Pirushim to them you know uh, you have to keep in mind Abotai not too long ago there was no access to these books first of all they weren't printed so <laughs> you couldn't find them and if you were lucky to, to, to go to an old bookstore and find one old copy written in Hasi Kolmos uh, on the bookshelf go go understand go explain it there was no Pirushim on it that were you know for, for, for the layman for the regular guy in order to connect to it so you have to know that if if the mere fact that we're learning Ma'amara Ge'ula, the mere fact that we can have a Zoom and learn Ma'amara Ge'ula, and uh, we have books that explain it to us, that's the biggest sign that already we're in this uh, time, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is revealing uh, the great Chokmah uh, through sending different Neshamot into the world. Rabbi Moshe Lozato is one of them. He, he was living in Amsterdam. He had a good life. He was making a lot of money. He was a good... Uh, but he decided that for the Tikkun of the Shekhinah, he must move to Eretz Yisrael. He moved at a time where there was no luxuries in Eretz the 1700s. With great Misirut Nefesh, I think he moved to Akko. And he got over there and there's nothing there. But he understood that, you know, for his, he was one of those Neshamot of Mashiach ben Yosef as well. Uh, he's part of that process of Mashiach ben Yosef and Moshe Haim Lozato, no question about it. And uh, he says, V'chol Yisrael ne'galim begalutam, V'zoya esam ha'gilu ha'shetir yisetamim b'zman ha'gilu ha'ala'a, that's a, that's a very important point. I'm going to underline those words. The first tikkun is done You have to understand that. Talmud Babli, when was it established? You see, a lot of the spiritual tikkunim are done that even, and that's the mashal that he's trying to give, that even in the dark winter, Borelam brings a rain. He brings the rain to make a mituk. He doesn't leave us in the dark, uh, uh, freezing cold days. He sweetens it. So even the dark days of the exile, Borelam, all of a sudden, in the middle of the exile, very, very, very dangerous, bad time, boom, Talmud Babli shows up. Where'd that come from? En mayim ela Torah. That's the rain. The rain is the memeh chesed. The Torah is considered mayim. Uh, you had the Romans go a little further after Babylonian terrible time the Romans destroyed the Beit HaMikdash all of a sudden what comes out of it Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai comes out of a cave bring Zohar HaKadosh shows up what? with the Romans? with the Romans trying to kill him so that's the rain that during the Galut Olam brought tremendous Chokhmah uh, uh, into the world and in the times of Arizal as well they were running from place to place from country to country and during these times where you thought are the most difficult, just think for a second, most of the great sefarim that we have were written, you know, under the worst, worst conditions. I mean, I was reading uh, yesterday over Shabbat uh, the sefer Sror Hamor that I'm starting to read a lot now. I'm getting very, very interested in the sefer uh, Sror Hamor from Rabbi Abraham Sabah. He's from one of the rabbis of Girushe Sfarad. You read his commentary, it's incredible the commentary on Hamisha Amshe Torah, pearls of Chokhmah, of, of Pardesa Torah. In yesterday's parasha, he's telling us that, 
you know, God is going to exile the people from one exile to another. And he says, uh, the second exile that they get exiled to is going to be worse because they didn't learn their lesson from the first exile. And then he starts talking about himself. He says, I was in Spain and we were exiled to Castilla. And then from there, as bad as it was over there, we were then exiled to Portugal. And Portugal, he says, was the worst. And he talks about how they were forcing people uh, to be baptized. And he didn't want to accept to be baptized. And they threw him into prison. And then from Portugal, he went to uh, another uh, exile from place to place. And you, you wonder, they were living under such difficult... How did they write these books? How did they have the Yeshua Dad? How did they have the peace of mind to... to, 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 to Whereas today, we're living in Baruch Hashem, much more Yeshua Da'a times, uh, no persecution, thank God, in our parts. You know, we have uh, all sorts of freedom, we have all sorts of luxuries, but we're not producing nearly that, you know, uh, Torah that they produced then. I'm not saying no, Baruch Hashem, today there's a lot of Torah being produced. Ken Yirbu, a lot of Torah. But uh, they're not producing a Sron Amor, Pirusha Nehomash like that. And the explanation is because that's the Mimea Chesed that comes down. That during the darkest times, Harambam, Harambam wrote his, wrote his, uh, his sefer, he was from, also from the Migurashim of, of Sfarad in, 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 in the 1400s, uh, well, earlier than the 1400s. But in, in that time where there was turmoil in the world, it was running from Spain and from, from, from Egypt, etc. And he writes, he, writes, he, writes, he writes it on a boat. He's writing his Berusha to the Humasha on a boat. Uh, a, a lot of the great Hachamim, uh, I think they say that the Hazonya Haskel of Ramsky wrote his Perush to the Tosefta in Siberia when he was in the, during the Holocaust. In the darkest places, that's where tremendous Chokhmah uh, came out. Uh, I remind you, Rabbi uh, Akiva, when did he teach his five students? He taught his five students, you know, during the times of the Romans. The Romans eventually caught up with him, and then we know what they did to him. Uh, this is, uh, uh, you, you know, look at Rabbi Yohanan. We, we cannot forget Rabbi Yohanan. It was Rabbi Yohanan that told Vespasian, The Romans, he says, listen, you're going to destroy the temple. I'll give you the sticks and stones. You take the sticks and stones, give me the neshamot. Give me the neshamot. That's Bibhinat Mashiach ben Yosef. That Rabbi Yohanan's coming and saying, give me Yavne v'hachameha. I need to build up the pinimut of Klai the neshamot of Klai through the learning of the Torah. And uh, that's what they did. Vespasian went, destroyed the Beta Mikdash, Aspasianos, and he gave uh, Rabbi Yohanan, uh, you know, Yavdev HaKamea, the, the yeshiva on the hill. And the result of it, Baruch Hashem, Klai was able to, to, to live from that yeshiva. My point is that a lot of the great Torah that was produced was produced under the worst conditions. It's a lesson today. You know, today, if the conditions are not perfect, you know, we have the, we, uh, we, we have the first excuse that we can, we'll, we'll take to say, oh, yes, I can't learn today. Uh, the air condition is not 68.5. It's very, very hot. And you close the book. And, you know, you say, I'm going to go outside and, uh, you know, drink lemonade. Any, any excuse that we have to, because we're spoiled, you know, we're, the bodies are weak. But those rabbis, they knew that at the time of darkness, God is going to send down the rain, the Memea Chesed. And if you're able to tap into it, you'll be able to have tremendous harot. Harambam says, Af, he quotes a pasuk from Mishle, Af chokmati amdali. And he says, Torati 
שתורה, תורה שלמדתי באף, היא עמדה לי. The Torah that I learned when there was anger in the world, when there was trouble in the world, that's the Torah that stuck with me. That's the Torah that, that, was, that was valuable. So it's a, it's, it's a process that he says that, that's why I underline these words of it. The first tikkun takes place in the galut. But a tikkun is taking place. Before we came out. All these neshamot are being fixed underneath and bringing brought out, and hakamim are showing up. Uh, uh, maybe you want you want to bring a, a, a clearer thing that we might be able to relate to. You know, right after the Holocaust, so that's it. Galut shebetok galut. The Holocaust was hoshik afela. That was like the darkest time uh, in Jewish history, and all of a sudden, right after that, you start to see kibutz galiot going to Eretz Yisrael, and, and the goyim are scratching their heads. Where, where did this come from? The toka galut. All of a sudden, you see Eretz Yisrael uh, 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 sprout up. So you see, uh, you see this uh, this inyan. So he says, "Menizman ahuva ala," but from the from the pekida on, meaning from the zechira, yishaer akol bechibur echad tamid. That's it. The pipes are never going to come apart again. It's going to remain fastened. Ve'orot mitrabim bechol etem chol sha'a. The orot are just going to start coming in in you know greater greater uh, intensity. I'm glad to hear that. He's saying that the Simha is going to reach levels that we are unable to explain. Look at that. He says, I'm not going to even explain it. I can't explain it. The Simha is going to be so incredible that it is inexplicable. All right. That's uh, today's Dirash. I just pray that Yiratzom should be Zocher to these Madrigot. Live through it. Uh, it should come behesed, velo bedin, amen, kenyatzos.